It's so cool. You get to stay up all night drinking blood. And if you say you're a vampire, you get a free small soda at the movies. No! No! Lisa, it's not like you have a choice here. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than. Come on, you all know the deal, but you don't know that this is an episode, a Halloween episode from The Vault. But let me explain something before anyone gets confused. That vault does not belong to me. Okay, so basically, I went trick-or-treating a little early this year. I stopped by the Straight Chilling headquarters and those assholes did not have any candy. So, of course, I went with the trick option and I stole not one, but two of my previous guest appearances on their show. And you will now get them for your listening pleasure here on The Simpsons is Greater Than Feed. Isn't that nice? So in this episode, which was recorded in October of 2020, you will hear me and the guys break down Treehouse of Horror 1 through 4 and score them. Next week, I'm going to drop the episode from 2021 where we discuss Treehouse 5, 6, and 7. But if you really want to go nuts, and I you know, personally think that you should, go to the Straight Chilling Podcast feed right now, today, and hear this year's episode, which was recorded just a few days ago, where we talk about Treehouse 8, 9, and 10, and we even rank the first 10 from worst to best. So, you know, huge shout out to Bob, Randy, and Justin for letting me steal these episodes, letting me TP and egg their houses, and make sure you go support everything that they do. I really do love those guys. Happy Halloween. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get to the main event. We're going to be talking about Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 1 through 4, and we're going to kick it off with the back of the box. What's on the back of the box? What is on the back? Bob, uh, you got this box? I uh, dear God, I hope so. There is a collection. Spend money on blues. There is, it better be on the Simpson. There, there is a collection. I have uh, the uh, the five through eight. I tried so hard to find a DVD of one through four, Bob. and I could not find it. Bob, no. Bob, <laughs> no, no. Bob, you disappointed no. Me, Bob. Couldn't find it. Disappointed. Uh, so one it, time it, I was hoping you were going to get a blue. Oh, oh my God. I think it exists. I think there's a one through four. It's yeah. uh, I, I don't think they. St- I don't think they made. It, they made like a one and then a Trials of Horror two yeah. DVD, which is so cheaply made. And uh, they also did the one for Christmas, but I don't think they made any more past that. But but Disney Plus did put up a playlist of every Trials of Horror. Nice. Under their Halloween collection, so you can just watch all the Trails of Horrors. Nice. Okay. That is where I watched them was Disney Plus, but I didn't see the playlist that they made. I kind of had to scroll through the seasons. Shit. Yeah, here I am scrolling like a yeah, sucker. Like so so I, I I complained on Twitter to be like, yo, Disney Plus, why don't you do this? And they were like, someone was like, they did. And then someone let me know where it was. <laughs> so there you go. But you well, should that's take, just bad UX, you know. <laughs> you should take full credit for that, Warren. Like, they did it because of you. Just... I mean, that's that's what I'm leaning into. That's oh, what I'm yeah. going to make them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Calling the shots. 
Um, so yeah, if you are just somehow unaware of The Simpsons, it is one of the most influential adult cartoons of all time. Um, it is still running to this day. Is, is it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Warren. You probably know. I don't. Is it the longest running cartoon ever? It's the longest running primetime animated sitcom of okay. all time. All right. They're going to oh hit 700 this season. Wow. Is Matt Mash like the only show that I could think of that might have like outrun it? What is they, outrun they, it? They took, they took the, they took it from Mash. They did. Okay. Well, it was Gunsmoke before and then the Simpsons oh, beat that. So oh, I'm pretty crazy, sure they've already man. beat Mash too. Yeah. It's our time now. I remember the 300th <laughs> episode being promoted on on Fox and just being like, "How is that even possible? This show's yeah. gonna go on for too long." And here we are. Here My we are. entire <laughs> life, because I'm young, and also Bob and Randy's. <laughs> yeah, be- even <laughs> though we're old, because the show's been running <laughs> that damn long. Uh, yeah. So typically, this is where I would read a quick synopsis, but since we're doing like four different episodes and they're all sort of anthologies on their own. Can't really do that. No. Um, nah. So, I mean, we can just kind of, there's no need for a spoiler warning, I don't really think, because it's, you know, it's a cartoon and they're all like super, super <laughs> short segments. I think it'd be a little <laughs> unnecessary to do that for each one, you know? There's, there's not much of a twist to burn here. Right. Let's, well, just, I, let's just drop an overall spoiler Yeah. Warning. If you don't want it spoiled, get Disney Plus, find these DVDs. You got to watch them, slam them into your eyeballs. Yeah. Get the We're Betamax. about to spoil a thirty-year-old cartoon. <laughs> right. Here we go. Right. Do, do you do you guys do you guys want me to hit a little little background info on Trials of Horror before we jump into that? Yeah. Oh, man. please do. Yeah. So so the first one aired on October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety, which is insane to think about. So long ago, and they're actually like based on the old EC Comics horror tales. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those at all from the fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had this comic called The Vault of Horror that was like a you know bi monthly horror comic, um, and they had Tales from the Crypt and Haunt of Fear was the other one, and that was like their little you know uh, trilogy of comics that were horror based, and um, that was sort of the inspiration for for them to even do it in the first place. And when they made the comics. Later on, they actually based a lot of the covers on the old Vault of Horror comics, and they sort of mimicked that style and the way that they did the cover. So that's like some cool. I feel like there's nothing that EC Comics doesn't have its finger in in modern parlance. (laughs) When it comes to like spooky shit, it's crazy how much it influenced things. For sure. Nice. It's like strange tales of uh, of that era of the was that the seventies that were that was no, I think I think fifties I think yeah 50s? I Vault, okay well so Vault about the same time 50s, yeah 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 Man. Which, is, which is real wild but yeah there you go so Warren just to clarify for myself were you saying that they turned these Simpsons episodes into comic books later on no so they actually okay. so Bongo Comics which was started by Bill Morrison and Matt Groening like in ninety mm-hmm. three okay was sort of like an accompaniment to the actual show it was like comics that were like their own episodes they also did Treehouse of Horror comics that were the same format mm-hmm. as Treehouse of Horror but they were totally new stories I did not and they know would that. bring it they would bring in like writers from you know obscure comics like you know Starman and things like that to write issues for that which is like sort of a cool thing nice. Yeah. I want to find those now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The covers are amazing. It'll be it's the it's some of the best covers, some of the best Simpsons artwork there is, period. For sure. Rad. I'm stoked about that. Yeah. Junji Ito presents. <laughs> <laughs> mushy mushy. Um <laughs> all right. Yeah, well let's go ahead and uh kick this off with uh Tree Treehouse of Wars episode number one. Um so we've got three different sequences uh that, that happens, three different stories in this. The first one is called Bad Dream House. Um, the second one is called the Raven and, um, 
Wait, did I skip over? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, you skipped Hungry Are the damned. damned, and then the third is the real. Yeah. My bad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Bob. So sorry. So sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, so it kicked off with like a PSA, so to speak, from Marge Simpson, which I thought was really funny. And it's something that they sort of like carried over. They seem to carry over um, throughout several of the of the other episodes. And Warren, if, there, if you have like trivia or anything you want to mention at all, just like cut me off at any point man you're gonna, yeah when it comes well, to this group you're gonna have to cut off yeah. well here's 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 the thing about the margin intro is that mm. the story goes that they were actually concerned that kids would be freaked out by them because the simpsons wasn't a kid's show anyway it wasn't supposed mm. to be in fact like on my podcast i talked to some writers that say like no we were we were straight up telling people you know don't let your kids watch this show yeah. like this is not for children and uh you know they didn't listen and i'm glad my mom didn't listen um but the, they were worried that they would get like some, you know, angry letters. And we'll, we'll talk on that a little bit. They were worried that people would get mad because honestly, I think some of the stuff that happens, especially in bad dream house is a little bit disturbing, like to a child, yeah. there's like some pretty jarring imagery. You know what I mean? So I, I think they did that sort of preemptively. And that is something that they did a few other times and they found other ways to tie it in. And they actually last year did a special, like an extra episode called Thanksgiving of horror and it was the first time they had brought Marge back to do it in front of the curtain. And it was really great. It was nice. really funny. Oh, wow. I dig that, man. And like, as, as the episodes go, they sort of evolve. And she like specifically says, y'all didn't listen last time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, <laughs> but yeah, thank God our parents didn't listen. Right. Cause then we got to watch all this terrible. Actually, my parents did listen. They didn't let me watch this when I was little, but oh, yeah, it wow. was not part of the parents. equation for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you had good parents. I had to sneak Congrats. it. Um, but yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and get into the, uh, this first, uh, bit of the first episode, uh, bad dream house, um, uh, which it's sort of like the, a classic horror movie tale, right? This family mm-hmm. buys this really large, um, incredible house, but it's very cheap because it's haunted and nobody wants to live there. Right. We've seen this story before. <laughs> um, and hilarity ensues. Um, it's, they're doing, it's like Amityville horror almost. They're sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. pulling, it definitely pulling is. That. There's a little poltergeist in there. Yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah, for sure. It's pulling from like all those, like, but uh, less so from like the early tales, I would say. There's not like a lot of Haunted Hill on this or anything like that. But no, there's yeah. like the, the Indian burial ground at the end and right. all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite gags is that oh, is yeah. that it's just, the basement is just unpaved fucking graveyard <laughs> with tombstones <laughs> and shit that I guess the Native Americans also had tombstones. I don't know. And um, fucking uh, Mahatma Gandhi is buried down there. <laughs> my, my favorite my favorite joke about th- my favorite part of that whole joke is that Homer freaks out. And he calls the guy and he's like, you didn't tell me it was on an it, you know, and then the guy's yeah. like, uh, he says he mentioned it three or four times. So yeah. <laughs> like, well, right. I disagree. Like, yeah, <laughs> the righteous indignation just completely evaporates. You know, everyone, everyone with the knives too. like, that's my favorite favorite my actual favorite gag in that segment is the whole family finds a different knife and it's like you know they're trying to hurt each other and then you see marge come down with the knife and she's making a sandwich she's like oh my god what's going on you know i just think it's such a visual uh like that segment is so visual and so amazing that like the way it's directed is almost like too good for um, a cartoon they like they did that yeah. thing the the end big like closer for that was that the house itself they they just refused to leave and they berated the house into submission and said, well, listen, we're living here. And he's like, well, can I think about it? The house says this. <laughs> um, and they walk out and they're like, sure, yeah, think about it. And then they walk out and the house like 
I don't know, implodes into another dimension or some shit. And they're like, wow, it would rather not exist than live with the Simpsons. And I was like, this is like perfect Simpsons humor. Yeah. It's like this self-hatred that they've got going on in this show. I, I loved that as a closer. I, I will say though that like, because the show has gone on for so long and because Treehouse is like a staple and has been since season two, I was confusing this episode. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, this is the one where like at the end, uh, Flanders shows up and like it, the one where they sell the house to Flanders or some shit. And like, there's, or I was confusing it with Flanders being like accused of murder. Like there was a lot, it's this, like every Treehouse of horror, every conceit that you can imagine has been used on Treehouse of horror at this point. It seems like it's true. So I feel like, like I was pleasantly surprised at which one I got by midpoint of the segment. I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. This is the other one. Like that happened multiple times in this viewing. I like I for this one to be the very first Treehouse of Horror segment ever, I think is is really great and interesting because this one, I feel like of all the ones we're going to talk about tonight, this actually is, I think, the darkest one. And and like visually, it looks very dark, too. But also just like with the knives chasing them around, it's interesting that they started this off with like the PSA and like, hey, you shouldn't watch this. And that this is the first one they they like introduced it and then to see kind of like later episodes later where they were probably like oh shit okay we might need to like tone it down a little bit um it's but actually that's, scary yeah it's yeah. one of the like i i think it's like one of the darker like most like horror connected ones that that we get and that i've seen um and it's awesome that it's kind of like the first one it, they were just kind of like testing the waters at first seems like they had to pull back a little bit but um i i think it's like super dark and like the closest one to like actual horror that we get well it should also be you know we should also mention that like um the the intro to the to the fact that like the kids are telling stories in the treehouse which you know gives the name to the whole series mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or the ongoing series but i love that homer is the one trick or treating it's really funny yeah. <laughs> i love mm-hmm. and i love that he's like oh i'll see what the kids are up to and he listens in and he's the only one you know not to spoil the ending but he's the only one that gets scared mm-hmm. and i think yeah. that's such a such a perfect it's perfect yeah. yeah. Oh, like this. And also just like the, talking about the darkness too. I forgot something we haven't mentioned yet, but they go in and at one point they're like, oh, the walls are bleeding. Or the Mars says like, oh, the walls are bleeding again. Or it's mm-hmm. just like, man, some like pretty dark fucked up the, shit. The fucking portal to another dimension and yeah. that shit. It's like, stop throwing your trash into our portal. Oh, the bleeding <laughs> like walls shit. is my favorite gag. Cause at first it starts happening and, and the intention is to like scare the family out of the house. And then later on in the episode, Bart, is actually just very intrigued by it and he's like telling the house to make the walls bleed again the house is like no I don't want to do it and he's like hey man we own you do the blood thing again like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it Great. Um, yeah uh, so anything else you guys want to mention about this segment before uh, before we move on one thing I do, I do love that since they paid um, um why am I blanking on his name? The the guest, the dude that's in the Raven, uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah. Since, oh, yeah, they, since they paid James Earl Jones to be in the episode, I love that they get him to do the voice of the mover. So Homer mm-hmm. gives him a dollar. He's like, a buck. I'm glad there's a curse on this place. I just love that they got him to say that. <laughs> I line. didn't even realize that. I, I didn't yeah. notice that either. That's wow, crazy. To point that out. One of the most iconic voices in the world. And it's just somehow flew over my head. That's <laughs> yeah, me too. Is he in all three of these segments? James Earl Jones? I 
I, I don't think he's in the second one. I can't, at least I can't think of him being the second one, but they got him to do that line yeah. and then they got him to do the Raven. Yeah, the Raven. Yeah, well, we'll get to the Raven. Okay. If you um, got James, you use him. James. You use him. No, he is in the third one or he's in the second he's one too. A, yeah, okay. He's yeah. in the second one. He's yeah, he, he's, the voice of, he's the voice of the chef alien. <laughs> is he? Oh, is God he? Damn. Okay. Chirac or whatever? Yeah, Chirac the preparer. Sir, <laughs> the preparer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was That's one of my awesome. favorite things about this bit. I was like, oh, a forgotten alien character. Nice. Like, not yeah. one of the main two. No. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, let's go ahead and speaking of, we'll jump into the second segment of this first episode here. It's called Hungry Are the Damned. Um, so is is this the first time we see Kang and Godos or had they been? It is the first time? Yeah, okay. it's, it's, the, it's the first time. And they that the reason that they decided to make them like the staple uh, I mean, like they didn't have a plan to like make use them every year. They didn't have a plan to do these every year, mm-hmm. but it went over so well. And because they were like such a, a main part of it, it sort of just became the runner that the aliens would mostly be involved in some way in every treehouse, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, I like it. Um, they're definitely some of my favorite characters, even though sometimes they just show up and like say a couple lines and then laugh maniacally for like a whole minute. <laughs> I love that. I don't. I just they love have very them. strong like uh, Statler and Waldorf energy in a lot of episodes <laughs> where they're just the dudes in the peanut gallery making a joke. Yeah, basically, yeah, and that's pretty much it. These that's like true. Treehouse. I think. I mean, I haven't seen all the episodes or anything, but like I, from what I've seen, I remember them being like mostly that. But when it comes to Treehouse, they get a more active role and shit. Mm. yeah yeah so this story is basically of the simpsons having a you know cookout in the backyard um aliens uh abduct them and they start fattening them up the simpsons think they're going to eat them turns out they're they have no plans of actually eating them it just kind of looks that way and the simpsons are like so awful like <laughs> just terrible human beings <laughs> and instead of them actually being taken back to this alien planet which is apparently awesome they just dump them back on earth essentially is is sort of what happens um, Lisa ruins everything. She <laughs> Brit is the whole thing. <laughs> I, I honestly, I love the gag where like there's just dust on this book, so it says how to what is it serve humans or how to serve, which which is the Twilight Zone. How how, how to prepare on. how to prepare humans? Yeah, okay. and then how to prepare for Four, humans? Yeah. How and to prepare forty, 40 humans, humans? How to prepare for forty for humans? 40, it, like yes. it's the longest joke. <laughs> it is <laughs> for forty humans. Like that, that doesn't even that doesn't even track in the context of the episode. They just had to have that bit go on one more step. <laughs> just yeah, blow a little more dust off. Of Wait there. a minute, there's still dust here. Like that shit's insane. That it's is so good, hilarious to me. Um, yeah, I don't know the 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 idea that there's a lost um, or not lost, but just a forgotten uh, alien character really blew my mind because I didn't remember that at all, and I don't remember a situation where we see more than Kang and Kodos on screen. Uh, outside of this episode so yeah i don't think you ever see any of the other aliens um and you know it's it's really funny that they make him so like emotional like he's like you know he's dying to you know he's dying to make the simpsons happy he's like oh this will get the simpsons the perfect flavor and you know Mm -hmm. like so excited about it and then you get the you know the whole how to cook humans joke um which is just so perfect but it being you know, now looking back on it and realizing it's James Earl Jones crying as an alien, it honestly makes it. <laughs> God damn, man. This, this, I, I like, I mean, I think that the aliens, the King and Kodos episodes or segments are, are typically highlights for me and any of this, the Treehouse episodes where they, they, they feature. 
I don't think. I actually think, I mean, of, and we're going to go through a couple of these. I was just looking. It seems like to me, just my general opinion um, is that for the first few um, Treehouse of Horrors, there's always three segments and the middle one is always the weakest for me. Hmm. Not that it's like bad, but it's like the least interesting to yeah, me. I agree with you, I think. Um, yeah, and so uh and that whole and that starts with this one. So I I yeah. do like King and Kodos and I do like them as characters, but just this overall segment, there's not a whole lot of an arc, I guess. It's it's really like they get abducted, they get fattened up. Lisa thinks they're going to be served and then they're not. And it's like a big misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. It's good. And there's like great jokes and gags, but it's like my weakest for sure. I think for me, the pinpoint for me that makes this stand, this particular one stand out out of these three is the tie to Twilight Zone and Dark Knight. Like any any episode of this or any segment from Treehouse that apes on, on Twilight is my favorite because it's really just in function a parody of Twilight Zone, which is yeah. so fun. You know what I mean? So like the how to serve man thing like that, like anybody from, who was watching this, you know, who like nerded out on Twilight Zone every New Year's like I had like or or like had have had experience at some point this episode, they get like this extra like like beautiful gooey center of the joke the whole the whole segment i love that i love when they're parroting something specific like extremely specific like an episode of a fucking long-running show in its own right see i think that's going to be the thing because i think it's the exact opposite for me because i didn't grow up with twilight zone and Mm. so like in in treehouse 2 which we'll talk about i think the second one it's where bart has powers i think that's a spoof off the off off of it the is, same yeah. thing so um i think that's the connection that i miss out on where i'm just mm-hmm. like ah eh, it's like it's kind of like not spooky it's more like unsettling i guess yeah. they did a um, lot and of twilight so i like the yeah yeah so it's just i so simple like, I, I like the like, spookier <laughs> stuff i think but see my i my i'm the opposite because my favorites in these are the twilight zone ones and mm-hmm. um but the thing is about hungry are the damned is that you know, I see what you're saying and you're, you're not wrong because I know that they, you know, obviously want to start strong and end strong. So maybe the weaker does get sort of put in the middle from time to time. But I'm telling you, the joke, and, and I think I said prepare the first time, but it is cook. I'm fairly certain it's how to cook humans. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. But that joke alone, to me, is the funniest <laughs> joke in the whole episode. Like it's it, the just his read of, hold on, there's still more space yeah. dust on here is so fucking stupid and great i love it so much. it's i guess it's make taking the really silly capper to a twilight zone episode and then extrapolating it into extreme absurdity <laughs> and I, <laughs> I like that too that's my favorite bit and not only that but when when they weigh homer is my other favorite thing is, is when they just go oh very <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that shit's so good um <laughs> And uh, interestingly, like the, the, I, as I guess we're going to probably move on to the next segment here in a second, uh, in anticipation of that, I will say that this, like that one wound up being like the least impactful treehouse uh, segment that we watched in this whole series, series, Raven? Of four, I think. Let's, yeah. uh, let's Which, roll into it. Let's roll yeah, into why don't we Raven. talk about it? Might as well. Uh, narrated entirely by James Earl Jones, uh, the mm-hmm. Raven as written by Edgar Allan Poe, uh, and portrayed by, uh, the Simpsons characters pretty cool idea i think uh maybe not hilarious but pretty cool 
Um, Randy, what were you, uh, you, you had some negatives on this one you wanted to get into Randy. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's not, it, it's pretty much what you just said is that it's not as funny. Yeah, like it just yeah. doesn't really yeah. hit a lot of pleasure points for me besides being like, Oh, I like Angel Jones. Oh, it's kind of cool. They're doing post stuff, you know, whatever. like culturally it's kind of cool, but it's, yeah. it reeks very much of like, people who graduated from Harvard are writing this they, show. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. They were actually, they were actually worried that, that it would come across very pretentious. Like if yeah. you read yeah. about it, they were, they were worried about how people would take the Raven. Cause they were like, well, we think this is really great. And, and I mm-hmm. just want to say, I think Dan's performance in that is unbelievable. Yeah. Like you can, you can almost hear an echo in the room. He's like really giving it. Like he's just, well, he's like screaming and yelling as, as Homer. It's really amazing. And, um, but you know, I do agree that it's not very funny. But I think like the direction of it and the bits with Bart do sort of pull it back in. But when you put it in context of this is Lisa's version of a scary story. So, of mm-hmm. course, you know, Lisa's smart and this is the one that she wanted to read Bart. Mm-hmm. And it ends with Bart being like, well, that's not even scary. Like he like makes fun yeah. of her for it, which I think sort of brings it together for me. Yeah, it's not that it's not cohesive with the thing. It really is just about like I after after getting the like steady stream of satisfying jokes that is hungrier the damned. Right. That kind of was like, it's kind of a buzzkill for me as much as I'm like, <laughs> it's not even that it was pretentious or anything like that, but it just very much doesn't, it doesn't like end on a, on a high note for me. And it just, sure. as, even though it's like, like an iconic Simpsons moment really is like, you'll be hard pressed to find somebody who, who wouldn't recognize uh, that this was like one of the bigger segments, certainly in, in the treehouse lore or whatever, sure. but you know, within just just for my taste like I, I want the simpsons to be the most efficient joke delivery system of all time and it usually <laughs> can manage that right yeah i think i agree it's definitely not funny i think it's like highly important especially moving forward in um like the rest of the series like looking back and i uh, like i've talked about this actually before a lot of times actually on this podcast to say that my introduction to or probably came from this show like hmm. at a time where I remember this show coming on before Married with Children on like, what was it like hmm. Sunday night or Friday nights or whatever. Sundays I, and then Thursdays and then back to Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, like really young and I didn't know who Edgar Allan Poe was like, and later on I had never watched The Shining and like all of these things that it references. And like, I guess I just never clicked with me about the Twilight Zone. Like, I know it does reference those, but otherwise, like this was my introduction to horror and i think this one is important because it kind of shows the range it wants to explore um in future shows but also shows that it takes it like seriously and respectful as well see it's not it's not just a joke giving system it's not like necessarily making fun of the genre it's like kind of honoring it in it in its ways from its origins and all of its facets so like yeah while this isn't just like joke after joke after joke i feel like this sets like the foundation for the future of treehouse of horror and it's like a great way to to like not to be pretentious but to show that like there's respect there i guess See, what the point you're making right now is actually the thing that draws me away from it. It's because like The Simpsons for me is about irreverence and there's this whole segment is about showing reverence to Edgar Allan Poe's work. Mm. And like to to me that's like it just kind of runs counter to what I like about the show because the only time The Simpsons like excels at 
not being irreverent is when they're doing some really like slice of life interpersonal stuff between yeah. the family members or between characters. And when they kind of, they, they don't ever do that for like, like anytime you see something that's referencing another property or another IP or another idea, uh, like it's usually used as a joke Ripping delivery system. It, yeah. And that, and it's, that's the irreverence portion. That's what makes it so funny. And then the grounding is the people and the way they bounce off each other. So, I mean, to me, this is kind of like just reveling in reverence for a piece of culture, which is just the opposite of what I like about the Simpsons in its heyday, which is, that it's like you know fuck culture it's about like the people that you care about or whatever you know those are the important things and everything else is just bullshit you can laugh at that's fair that's a fair point at the end of the day the raven does say eat my shorts though so we still got that (laughs) (laughs) thank god we got the tag on that we got got um anything else you guys want to mention about the raven before you rate this episode um, I love that the painting of Marge as Lenore takes multiple frames to fill her hair. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's a good, a good side gag. <laughs> yeah. And nice. also I love like, I, I just, it, it, this episode and just anytime I hear about the Raven, this is complete non sequitur really, but it makes me think of uh, Bill Dotrieve every time. The fact that they named <laughs> Bill Dotrieve's fucking uh, ex-wife Lenore and that he laments his lost Lenore the whole goddamn series is so great <laughs> so funny. sorry a little mic judge interlude yeah. but <laughs> I, I love King of the Hill it's all good I'm not only so a good. Fan, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. alright let's rate this thing out of five um, why don't we let uh, Warren our guest kick us off here man how yeah, do you, tell us what to think yeah how you feel <laughs> so, about this so my gut you know I first of all it, it's the first Treehouse of Horror mm-hmm. it's a really like you know, it's a special thing because I feel like, you know, the Christmas special, the Halloween special, these are things that like a lot of shows have started to do again, but that a lot of shows didn't do for a long time. It just sort of became hack. And uh, I think when the Simpsons decided to do that, it was like a really, you know, for, to a child is like super exciting because you're seeing these characters outside of their normal world, which is really exciting when you're watching any animated thing. Um, And so, you know, my gut told me to give it a four out of five, but because it's the first one, I'm going five out of five. Wow. Impressive. All right. Coming out strong. Five out of five. Um, Juice, why don't you take it next? How you feel? Yeah, I was like, it is, man, it's, it's weird because it is the first one. And so they, it's, it's a little uneven and, um, they're testing the waters. They have to like, even with the PSA of like, this might scare you. And like, to know that there's real concern there to like, we're not sure. They're still like, now this is in the beginning of the second season, but you know, they're still kind of finding their footing as a show. Like you said, like kids are watching this. They don't really want kids to watch this from where they're starting. And so um, I understand that they have to, they're still kind of finding their footing. This is their first like Halloween special and stuff like that. So it is, I think a little, and even I can see where it gets better. And so, uh, but it still does hold that weight for me. I do think that the house one is one of the darkest and scariest that, that we've seen. Um, I appreciate the respect of like the, the Raven that the Raven gives and that just like, that kind of sets the tone for, we're going to cover so many different styles of horror. So I'm going to give it a four out of five, four out of five for me. All right. Four from juice, Randy, how you feel? Oh, okay. I was expecting to go last. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, again, like kind of the down 
downside of this episode to me is the Raven for the reasons I've already listed, which, you know, it's not to knock on it for, for really anything because they took a big swing with it. And I, I respect that. That's one of the things that I I'll stand by pretty much through everything. Every review that we do is if you take a big swing, I'll respect it. Even if it doesn't really work the way I would like it to. Um, but you know, they took a big like jump with that. They worried about it being pretentious for a reason because they're courting a very specific kind of audience, which is, you know, like adults who like to laugh and who are looking for a reverence, but um, they are coming from a position of, you know, you know, respect for the literature and all this shit. And it was like untested for them. So I, I like that they did it, but I don't like the results of it. And the other two segments, I like the, the bad house, bad dream house segment a lot because that is a perfect bar setter for what Treehouse of terror should be. I feel like it's like just right out of the gate. It's like, okay, this is what you're going to expect to see from here. This is going to be, you know, sp- slightly spooky, mostly jokey and riffing on things that you've seen in uh, horror adjacent pop culture in the past perfect like that and that's that's what i expect from the show to this day is that sort of thing and hungry of the damned is great because i like twilight's like those very granular specific riffs but um you know being the first of its uh of its kind with the treehouse like this this anthology sort of approach it does kind of come out uneven and that last segment is a little bit of a buzzkill for me as much as it is a high point for other people so for me, this is the weakest of the four and I'm sorry, of the four episodes that we watched. And I'm going to give this a three. Three from Randy. Yeah. Uh, Ro- Robert. Can I, can I, can I say uh, one thing before you give the final ranking? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say that it's interesting in these early episodes and they don't do it this way anymore. Uh, usually now uh, every treehouse is credited to one writer. I mean, obviously they all work on it, but it used to be they would divide them up and, different writing teams or different writers from the show would mostly come up with these segments on their own, Mm. um, which is a thing that they don't do anymore. And the Raven was actually pitched by one of the creators, Sam Simon. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, it's, it's interesting that, that you, your thoughts on it make a lot of sense, but it's interesting too, that I feel like they thought it would visually be really impressive. And also Mm. they're not going to go to Sam and say, Oh, we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and well, and the other, yeah, and you're right. Like that, it's it's like visually that episode or that segment, they really do go all out for that that era of animation. There's there's no they're not cutting corners in that one. No, any it's stretch. it's the best best Simpsons direct. Well, one of the best Simpsons directors of all time, David Silverman did the Raven, mm-hmm. and it's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I kind of uh, I'm more along the lines of Randy on this one. I think you know I've got respect for it because it is the first one and. Uh, I don't know. It, I, th- I think they do get better as they go, though. Uh, it, it feels like they just get a little bit tighter and they sort of refine what they're trying to do as they move along, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it comes out strong. Um, as far as like uh, the second segment uh, referencing Twilight Zone, it was lost in me. I've never really seen Twilight Zone. That's sort of a blind spot for me. Um, the Raven, I, I dig that they're referencing the Raven, but the jokes don't really land. It's you know, it's not really funny, but it's cool and it's it's like especially awesome because James Earl Jones is like reading the Raven to you, and who doesn't want to hear that, you know? Um, but it's like kind of a different show almost at that point because it's not it's not making the jokes, it's not making you laugh. So it does feel sort of disjointed and sort of sort of weird to me 
Um, and that's like something that, you know, when we review anthology films on this show, that's something that the best anthology films do is they do feel cohesive. Um, hard to do, really hard to do, even in a, a cartoon form, apparently. Um, but this one for me of the four, I think is the weakest, but I'm still going to give it a three. It's not terrible. You know, I think it's totally still good and worthy of watching for sure. Um, but I'm gonna give it a three, uh, like Randy did. That's going to put the aggregate for this one at a 3.8. And let's m- All right. let's move right along into episode number two. Yeah, <laughs> oh baby, we got we got to yeah. cover four of these things. Oof. Also, yeah. I got to work later, so. <laughs> All right, I love this thing. All right, let's All go right. ahead and uh, get into this. It it kicks off. You know, it, it's three segments again. Um, starts off with Marge does another little PSA. Um, hilarious. Uh, so yeah, another <laughs> thing we didn't. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Another thing I wanted to, to mention is like as the intro, you know, the title sequence happens and it's sort of like uh, uh, the camera's like zooming along this um, mm. uh, uh, cemetery and we've got these various uh, headstones that say different things and, and they're like pretty funny actually. Um, oh, like yeah. one of them is, says like Cajun cooking and like Bambi's mom and just like, I don't, I don't <laughs> One know, said man, disco. disco. I, I almost... <laughs> I almost made a list, but I was like, okay, that's a little too pedantic. I'm just going <laughs> to no, I would have, like, also honestly, too, that, yeah. that adds rewatch value, I would say, because yeah, there's, there's like, I got to be at least 10 in every one of these, every one well, of these intros. And, and episode two, I will say, is the first time that they did the, uh, like, the spooky names for the. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I noticed that. That, that, started, I was that just started with say, two. Yeah. Like, atrocious Algene, morbid yeah. Mike, <laughs> Ghouly yeah. Kavner. Like, I love that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. That yeah, was stuff I loved as a kid. Like, that mm-hmm. just little touch and see that's where i think like things start to be like where they find their footing like as a show where they realize like children actually are watching this that's something i did love as a kid where all of a sudden the names are really goofy and like funny and spooky tie-ins like you know macabre matt or whatever and stuff mm-hmm. like i loved it as a kid and it's got the drippy like text yeah uh, it's like the, the drippy know, time and shit the intro music is different too it's got that like theremin like high pitch yeah. sort of like yeah spooky it's like sound. people screaming yeah. in the background yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, they do the whole, they change everything. They change the whole intro and it's great. Uh, gets you in the mood for some spooky shit, which we're going to talk about right now. Uh, so this one uh, is basically set up where like the whole family eats way too much candy and it causes them to have nightmares uh, when they go to bed after Halloween. Um, so the first nightmare is Lisa's nightmare and it's a uh, curse of the monkey's paw, basically, you know, needful things, sort of. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Homer buys and this, this is like, like another literary tie-in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like a short it's, novella. Right? It's based, yeah, it's based off uh, the Monkey Paw by W. W. Dobbs, I think. Okay. Um, and and so and one thing I want to say before we do it, the segments, I love Bart's costume so much. He's like an executioner, like he's got the axe and he's wearing the all black. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 shirt on. It is <laughs> so funny. I love it so much, and that's that's. One of my favorite, I love two, by the way, I love all of these. That's why it's really hard for me to rate them. But two mm. is, I do think two is better than one. I will say that. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to, spoiler alert, agreed. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Homer buys this monkey's paw and um, they all, pretty much everybody in the family has, makes a wish and the wish sort of goes awry, uh, which, you know, is a common theme in horror movies. Um so I think what, the first wish was what Maggie, she sort of like grabs the paw and w- I guess wishes for a pacifier, which just appears. Right, yeah. yeah. A really nice. Yeah, who appears, appears in, yeah. A, yeah, in a town car yeah. on a pillow. <laughs> uh, Bart wishes that they become rich and famous. And uh, <laughs> Bart. That was a great little <laughs> was, inside joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
the self-referential humor is one of the best things about the Simpsons, especially when they either go after themselves or go after the network. Those are the funniest yeah. fucking things. First I thought they were funny, but now they're just so annoying. Yeah. It's right. like in the t-shirts and shit. It's like, and then they even riffed on their, uh, what was the, what album was that they put out? They put Simpsons like sing the blues. Yeah. yeah. Simpsons <laughs> sing the blues. And then they riffed on that by having whatever it was in the show. I can't remember now. Oh my God. And it's yeah, you've got it right there. And it's just like, <laughs> they have, like uh, the merchandising behemoth that it became. Game. That was as far as I can remember. This is the first inkling of them joking about that in this series. Yeah, and Bart on a billboard saying "Get a mammogram, man!" Like that's <laughs> yeah. just amazing. That one. And there, yeah, because this is towards the beginning of season three now at this point. So, mm-hmm. and they haven't even hit their stride yet. Like they haven't even. So, man, even to know even early in season three that they were already kind of feeling the weight of that and able to joke about it. But it still does feel like real, though, that they're, the writers are starting to be like, oh, shit, or mm-hmm. like taking on something like different here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lisa ends up wishing for world peace and like everybody melts their oh guns down God. and the Pentagon like turns into <laughs> oh a park. And then, of course. Uh, King and Kodos come in to play and they just sort of like take over the whole world because slingshots and what was the other thing? Like a slingshot and like a rubber hose or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) They have a a board with a nail in it. I think they were getting chased by a board with a nail. That's right. right. I can't remember what else they bring, but they're like our puny weapons will, you know. Yeah. They've they've got their flying saucer, but they've only got slingshots. I love that as a gag. Uh, so they come in and turn like humans into slaves. Um, and so Homer, then, Lisa fucks it up again. Yeah. Homer <laughs> then takes his wish and he, he wishes for a Turkey sandwich in which the Turkey is a little bit dry. And like, that's the horror yeah. of Homer's wish. <laughs> that's the Turkey's dry. I love the way he wishes it. And he's just so, so determined. He's like, yeah. I want a Turkey sandwich on rye with mayo. And just like, just the in heightened level of like, and I don't want any zombie turkeys. And I don't, I don't want, want to turn into a zombie myself. Yeah, <laughs> any of that shit. I just like him trying to get one over on the monkey's paw is so hilarious because the, at the end of the day, the thing that ruins it for him is something that could happen to any fucking sandwich in America, in the world. Like it doesn't, it's, it's like the least consequential thing of all time after he like the fucking they just got fucking enslaved by aliens and he's worried about this turkey sandwich being dry it's just perfect homer selfishness it's uh, amazing he takes the monkey's paw and he's like done with it he goes to throw it in the trash and he sees like flanders outside and he's like oh here you go and he just gives it to flanders so the flanders are like ruin his own life (laughs) with it yeah i just want to get rid of these dang aliens and it works fine it works perfectly (laughs) fine He wished himself a castle at the end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite gag of this little segment is at the very, very end of it where the aliens are basically chased off by, uh, they're carrying a board with a little nail in it and they chase the aliens back with a nail in it and they fly away. And the aliens are like sitting in space, looking back onto earth and they're like, well, soon enough, the earthlings will develop a large enough board with a large enough nail in it. that They'll destroy (laughs) themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, that gag of Mo chasing the aliens yeah. with the uh, with the like has always stuck with me. Same, it's, yeah. An, an it's the way they say it. My mind, in yeah, it's just that. Like, like, oh no, he's got a board with a nail in it. With a <laughs> nail, and it's Mo, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bastards or whatever you're saying i don't know no it's it. it's it's perfect and i you know i want to talk too about like you know i love how everyone 
wishes for something. Well, not it's not all noble, but they think that none of these things can backfire. And it's so funny that Homer thinks getting this turkey sandwich will be like the test. Right. Yeah. I just and like the whole like you said, like the whole thing about him, like, you know, I don't wanna I don't want any zombie turkeys. I don't want to turn into a turkey myself. That that is so like perfect Homer. Then you carry over to him like giving it to Flanders just to screw him over. Like yeah, he and then it fails to do that. And he's like he says, I wish I had a monkey's paw. It's amazing. <laughs> just perfect selfish Homer. That's like that's the way to go. That's and I, I will say though that Maggie seemed to get off scot free. I don't know. She did. Yeah. Yeah, she's fine. Super, super baby. Um, she's just like good. Next up we have Bart who uh has a little nightmare. Um, where he basically turns into this sort of like mind reading monster. He can like turn people into things with his mind. He has all mm-hmm. sort of like another twilight zone, another, another yeah, twilight right. zone. It's the, uh, yeah. it's, it, it's a good life. It's, is that what it's called? Okay. Episode, yeah. And where it's just a kid that basically gets to form reality around his whims and everybody has to do certain things. There's, there's like all kinds of shows that parody this actually. I think yeah, there was they, a, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they model so many shots. Like uh, when the when it looks up at Bart, you know, like from the when he's watching TV, they like model a bunch of shots directly after the the uh, Twilight episodes. Even the narration, I assume I haven't seen it because I didn't really ever watch the Twilight Zone. But it comes in with the guy who's got like the voice, like "There's a town with a boy," and yeah, they're they're doing 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 a great for sure, (laughs) great impression of him, yeah. God, I love Rats Erling. Anyway, but uh, yeah, this is like, yeah, they they were, I think they did like even like a Rugrats episode where they did this sort of thing. They Damn. do like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of shows that did this. The, the fucking Justice League did an episode like this. And it, I, I don't know. This is still the best though, because it's fucking the way that this ends, it ends on a positive note that it, that then results in Bart waking up Gares screaming. <laughs> well, well not only best. that, it's, it's some of my favorite weird drawings too. Like, you know, Jasper is like, oh, I'm getting pretty mighty sick of this. Yeah. Turn him into a dog. The cat getting turned into this like monstrosity. You know, Homer being turned into a jack in the box. These things are so, these drawings are so weird and they've like stuck mm-hmm. around, you know, especially Homer as a jack in the box. It's For awesome. sure. Mm-hmm. I love you that think- America is called Bonerland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's actually. I don't really like this segment and it actually might be one of my like, well, not the weakest that we're going to cover, but one of the weakest, the weakest for me again in this episode falls in the middle. And um, I think as a kid, these episodes that spoof off off the Twilight Zone are obviously more just about being like they perturb me. Like they just like, they bother me. They, they're not scary, but they're unsettling concepts that yeah, as a child, so I guess like stuck in the back of my mind is like, I don't like this. And now that has carried like into my adulthood to where I still watch it. And it, it you know, it doesn't disturb me anymore. It doesn't bother me, but I still carry that mental block of like, I don't like, like when he turns the cat, you're talking about like the weirdness of it. Like when he turns the cat into this weird thing and it's just, it just like looks bonkers. I'm always just like, I don't, ugh, I don't they know. made you, they made you, <laughs> they made you feel weird. Well, it, it also has the, it has the best prank call of any episode of the Simpsons where he calls <laughs> yeah. Mo. And, you know, he yeah. says, I, I'm a, stu- I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells. And I like to <laughs> kiss my own butt. Like, <laughs> It's unbelievable. Like that's so funny. And again, I mean, again, I understand if you're not in the twilight zone, these are even weirder, but they're so, I don't know. I think they're great. I love how strange they are. And like he said, 
you know, the fact that the the scariness for Bart ends up being that he gets closer to his father, amazing. Yeah. So good. And I like what what's so in, it's so interesting to me, Justin, that the thing that you don't like about these Twilight Zone parodies is that the DNA of the Twilight Zone is too strong in them. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's like the whole like being disturbed by this content is the whole conceit of the episodes they're parroting. But yeah. the very nature of parroting it also brings that in with it. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, I guess that's weird for me that like loving the Simpsons that their own flavor can't win it over for me like that it's not that that it is it's more twilight it's like getting it's like getting one of those weird ice creams where you're like that shouldn't really work but most of the time it does but like this time it doesn't it's like a curry ice cream or somewhere i'm like that's too strong that's too strong thank you for putting in terms we can all understand you always bring it back to the cream don't you gotta bring it back to the cream you know that's words i can understand uh so yeah let's uh let's move into the last nightmare the last segment here of episode two which is homer's nightmare which is probably my favorite of the three um so homer uh basically ends up getting fired from his job um and uh, mr burns and smithers they sort of build a robot to take his place uh, but they need a brain for the robot and because homer was fired he then gets another job as a grave digger and then he digs a grave and then falls asleep in the grave <laughs> falls asleep on the job um and then uh, burns and smithers go and find him in the grave they think he's dead and they, you know, drag him back to their laboratory, take his brain out, put it in the robot. And of course, the robot is just as lazy as Homer was because it's still Homer's brain. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's sort of, you know, somewhat of a Frankenstein sort of uh, riff. But um, this one, like, the humor really lands for me specifically. Um, like, the, the back and forth between Burns and Smithers um, uh, really, really lands. I don't know. Like, uh, when they first pull Homer out of the grave, he's not dead, and he's, like, writhing around in the bag they have him in. And he, they're like, oh, bad corpse! And they just, like, beat him to death. <laughs> like, Stop scaring Smithers! <laughs> that, you know, I love that scene. I love Mr. Burns. but He just, is one of the fucking best freak out, yeah. like... Smithers, what is it? Frankenstein, the booger man, and then Smithers like it's the corpse we're carrying. <laughs> like his reaction, it like gets me so good. It's like what? motherfucker, it's the corpse we're carrying. He just like beats the shit. So good. That's, I like that type of comedy. I, I love Mr. Burns. Like he's one of my favorite characters. He has so and many so, moments. This is where. I agree with Bob. This is my favorite by far. And this is where the comedy that I love, like really starts to like get rolling. And then God, he kills it in this when he's like, hand me the ice cream scoop. <laughs> he's like, damn it, man, this is brain surgery, not rocket science. <laughs> and then he puts it on his fucking, he's singing though. I wish I had a brain song. He's like, yeah. And then he's like, Ooh, look at me. I'm Davy Crockett. He just like, they have so many subtle things going on in that scene. The, the one that stood out to me. And oh, sorry. Is. No, I was just like, this the the darkness of Mr. Burns, it's always there, even if it's not a Halloween episode. He's so dark, but so fucking goofy about it that it's it's just fucking it's hilarious. Just, it's just me. so fun to take the piss out of the rich and powerful mm. like dickheads of the world. Um, but my favorite like subtle thing about that scene that you just mentioned is when he cuts off Homer's head with what looks kind of like a pizza cutter or some shit, I wanna say. And then his head falls to the ground, and it's clearly the foley of a co- coconut hitting the ground <laughs> i loved that that is great sound effect i, yeah. I love 
pizza, like accustomed to sort of eating pizza, having a drink, yeah. like, you know, that's really funny. But also, you know, we talk about Mr. Burns being so funny. Uh, Harry Shearer does the voice of Burns and Smithers. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that so much comedy is just in, comes out of him talking to himself. They talk about how he used to, when he would record for them, he would do it at the same time. He would just talk to himself. Oh, wow. Nice. And that's that, impressive. Cause it's it can be tough to sh- shift voices. Like, and that. that makes it so much funnier when you realize that like all those are just, it's so great. I, I love Harry Shearer. He's one of his yeah. best performances in the whole show is that, that segment. I will say though, like, for, like it's interesting that you guys think this is the best segment for me. It's kind of the most, you know, it's the least impactful for me. And I'm not entirely sure why I think that, I, I have a hard time pinpointing it, but if I was going to try, uh, the only thing I can think of is that is a really weird journey from to get Homer's brain into that fucking robot. It's like, why, why bother with the fired thing? Just be like, we need to pick an employee. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird thing that they, I'd see. I thought that I didn't feel like that. Was they had to make him a grave digger so that he could fall asleep in a grave. And I, did, and I thought they out. just fired him. I, I thought that was a matter of, of coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it's what sort of it's, it was, but it's like it just doesn't like yeah. in terms of short story, it doesn't add oh, anything, okay, and it doesn't gotcha. it adds like, to the so humor by for nature me, of that. It subtracts because a they replace really? Homer with Homer, and duh, it's the same result. You know, like I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, they were going. I mean, they were going to find a corpse anyway, and Homer just happened to be like right. fresh asleep in the, on in the, the job. Like, oh, we'll just take him. Yeah, right. It's it just like the the journey it takes to get him to that point. I to me, it seems like they could just like be oblivious to his his worthlessness as an employee. There's several episodes where Homer, because Mister Burns never remembers who he is. Homer gets a new first impression that's impressive to him and it leads to X, Y, and Z. So they could have just done that. It's like, Oh, who's the young go getter or whatever. And then just say like, let's put his head in my, his brain in my fucking robot instead. But like, I understand they kind of wanted the gravedigger segment. The other thing is that, and I don't know if it's just because this is treehouse of terror Two, where like the full breadth of possibility isn't being explored yet, mm. but they could have just made Homer a gravedigger at the start of the episode and just made that what, what it was said it in Gothic times. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to logically like plot this out for us because when they do, it actually makes it less logical. <laughs> I don't know. I like the yeah, gag that he's being replaced by himself and it doesn't work because of course yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. But yeah. and, and, and I think, I think that they had to do it just so they could do the gag at the end with him being grafted onto his uh, neck. Cause I yeah. feel like that would be harder to do if they didn't do that. But I, you know, I, it's actually not my favorite segment of the three. I really love the, it's a good life parody. I think that's mm-hmm. like one of my favorites of Agreed. any treehouse, And so I think that's my favorite of these, uh, dude, this. the football turning into a bald fat guy is one of the funniest fucking things in the series. My, sure. my opinion, like, For sure. like <laughs> just the audio of, Oh, and the ball is turning into a, Bald, bald fat guy it's like and we always say if something strange happens that's a good thing that bart did that or whatever he's <laughs> so weird it's so weird yes yeah. and shall, just uh, oh shall we go ahead and rate that. rate this one rate episode number sure. two all right out of five uh randy why don't you start first man well let's uh, sure okay um so i like it's pretty clear and i've i've stated explicitly that i like this one better than the last um i think it's like it's really a game of inches with these with these uh, episodes or really just the Simpsons in general, because I like, I, I grew up with the Simpsons. I really loved it. Like most people in, in America that grew up around the time we did, I was watching the syndicated um, shows after school, like every day. And while I haven't like maintained my viewership or anything like that, like again, so many of us, um, I think that like, 
it's one of the most important shows of all time. And to me, this is an episode that has multiple parts that I will never forget. The board with a nail in it, the fucking Bart, uh, Bart running the world or whatever, the Homer Simpson's um, head in, as a jack-o'-lantern. I'm not jack-o'-lantern, excuse me, uh, jack-in-the-box. Like those are things that like really stuck with me. So for me, I, I, this just feels like heyday Simpsons as much as any other episode. So it gets a little bit of a bump for me from that. I will put it at a four. All right. Four from Randy uh, juice out of five. How do you feel? Um, I'm on the opposite end of this. I felt like the Mr. Burns uh, segment, like carried this on its back uh, for me. The monkey paw was like, okay. Um, but again, it, it's not super spooky. It's going off like an old literary tale. And this one is not as like, it's, it's, it's like similar to the Raven in its source, but it doesn't like carry that same weight. Obviously they, they treat it very different. So um, that one was like, okay. To me, the, the middle one, it really does. Like it's got some good gags, but overall it just like doesn't sit well with me. I don't really care for it. And uh, those Twilight Zone segments for the most part. And really so is like Mr. Burns. Like I love that shit, but um, I don't know. It's, I think I'm going to put this one overall at a three. All right. Three from juice. Warren. How do you feel out of five? <laughs> well, so I think I think I'm learning that the reason I'm here is just to keep the score up because <laughs> I, I, I love I love these so much. And like I said, I like two more than one. And um, and I gave you know I gave one a five, so I got to give this one a five. I think all three of these are perfect. And um, my least favorite is the Frankenstein one, but I think it has some of the funniest jokes. And so yeah, I'll, I'll go five. I just I love this one, man. It's one of my one of my favorites. It's not my favorite out of the four. But it is my. It is really good. So we're gonna sneak peek into all of your scores right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I promise you, they're not all fives. They're not. Oh, okay. All, all right. right. So Interesting. Looking forward to that four point five, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Simpsons, man. What can I say? Hey, hey you're the guy for it. <laughs> Preach. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of uh, in line with Juice on this one. The the Homer segment really carries this for me. Um, Lisa's with the monkey's paw it was pretty cool. I had some decent stuff, but the Bart thing uh, didn't land for me again. Probably because I'm just not very familiar with Twilight Zone. Um, but I mean, I yeah, the whole the the Homer at the end, fucking, I love it. That was it, it ended very very strong for me. Um, I think I'm gonna give this a three as well, which is going to put the aggregate for this one, the exact same as the first one, another 3.8. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Let's go ahead and jump just, into what stood around. Just kind of like swapped. Yeah. Scores yeah. Is yeah. What happened. <laughs> so let's jump into episode number three. So again, this has a, uh, you know, three segments, um, clown without pity, King Homer and dial Z for zombies are the three segments here. Um, this one kind of kicks off a little bit differently. I really dig Homer walks out on screen and he's sort of got like that Hitchcock silhouette thing. The sort Hitchcock, of man. <laughs> he does the good evening. Yeah. Good evening. They tell the religious types to turn the tv off which i thought was funny oh he just he just insults religion so hard and it's so funny he's like i swear on this bible it's like a book of carpet samples like it's really really great it's one of my favorite intros i'll say that yeah it's solid um so then we get to like uh the simpsons the interior of the simpsons home and marge is passing around like you know grapes and noodles and you know having oh, kids man. touch them and like i did that shit growing up did you guys and, do that shit oh yeah, yeah i did classic yeah, for sure yeah, yeah. so um if if I can if I can give a little background on this one, yeah, man. Um, 
So it's the first treehouse to have a couch gag. The, the first two didn't have a couch gag. Okay. But that's like a cool thing. You see them come in as skeletons. And this episode also famously like did really poorly at the table read. Hmm. And uh, they had to, they ended up doing like ADR for like a hu- almost a hundred lines in this episode. So they changed almost a hundred. Wow. Wow. Before release. Cause they were trying to, to fix it. I still like it. Um, but I think when you know that you sort of start to notice it. Um, so that's like some interesting background. Like this one actually sort of, they were really worried about people liking it. Well, interesting. I dug it, but we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, we sort of got like, uh, three characters telling three different ghost stories, sort of kind of similar to the first one where they're just sort of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is, uh, well, Lisa tells a story about, uh, uh, an evil, like clown doll, basically. Um, uh, Homer goes and buys like a Krusty the Clown doll from this creepy little shop for Bart's birthday. Uh, there he is. <laughs> and what's it said? What do you say? Set Imagine to? that thing. Just uh, yeah. this, this. This thing literally does have a good and evil switch. On <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they uh, made uh, playmates. Playmates made this in the early two thousands, and it's actually pretty rare now. Uh, I also have one in the box, uh, but these go for like a lot of money now. But he talks. He might even come on, move it. What have you done to me lately? You, sir, are an idiot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That's badass. Um, so, yeah, Warren has the doll. And I can't believe it hasn't murdered you yet, sir. Yeah, man. I, I, I switch him to good it. whenever I'm done. Oh, okay. Nice. Good. <laughs> smart. You, you got to be careful about that. Very smart. Uh, yeah, so this sort of, uh, this segment sort of reminds me a little bit of a child's play in a way. You know, it's it's e- evil doll running around trying to kill people, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It starts off though like Gremlins. I dude, love the, dude, uh, that one joke. of the all-time <laughs> best jokes in the show. Oh yeah, again. the Froger. Yeah, the yeah. This is one of those ones that like sticks around. It's comes like the doll is toppings. cursed, but it comes with the free Froger. <laughs> That's good. The Froger is also cursed. <laughs> I like that That's he has bad. to tell him that sodium benzoate is bad. Yeah, he's like, can I go <laughs> <That's bad>. now? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a perfect another perfect Homer moment where he's like, oh, oh, like just reacting to everything on top level, everything just totally reacting on surface level, and then by the end he's too bored to even care. <laughs> That's perfect Homer. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, so good. Marge's sister. And that's the second time we've seen that uh, guy. Isn't that the same guy? I'm sorry, Rob. But- uh, Isn't I'll, that is that the same guy or at least the same voice that was used for the monkey's, the monkey's paw? paw? So. Maybe so. It yeah, similar, but it, it looks similar, but it's not. Okay. Um, okay. They, uh, <laughs> I do love. Sorry. I do, I, I, I do love that he, like, both characters are so just like like, I don't know. They have like such bizarre costumes on or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the the fact that this guy is running this shop and he just happens to have a crusty doll is, is really great. Like, yeah. at first you, Next you to a beating heart in a jar. <laughs> the, uh, awesome. uh, Marge's sister's making an appearance in, in this little segment. And I love those characters. They're so fucking salty about yeah. everything. Every time they show up, they, they crack me up, man. There's, uh, I guess Homer like runs by them naked at a certain point in this, uh, segment. And one of them, I forget which one says, there goes the last lingering thread of my hetero sexuality <laughs> fucking killed me it's selma selma says that selma. i love it love it love it those characters oh my man. god uh so the, the doll's running fucking wild and uh marge looks on the box and there's a number to call if you have problems with the doll it's one nine hundred don't sue so she calls and this like tech shows up and like looks on the back of the doll and there's a little switch that says good and evil it's set to evil he flips the switch to good and you know problem solved we're all good yeah. um yeah it's a, it's a great one 
Anything else you want to add, Warren? You got any anything else? Um, you know, I, I think this one is really funny. I, you know, I think when you pointed out the uh, the ADR line changes, you can sort of tell mm-hmm. like there's some parts that feel a little disjointed to me. Um, but I think the jokes are really funny. Like I think Homer, uh, you know, saying that the toaster's laughing at him is really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ooh dog water is really funny. Um, you know, him trying to throw him in a, in a bottomless pit. You know, and they're like all all of it's funny. Um. But, you know, I, I think I think this one clearly, you know, like I said, it is a little disjointed. And I think that's the only but I mean, it's full of good jokes. So, yeah, I agree. And I also want to add one more gag that I thought was hilarious, which was Bart opening this the the crusty doll uh, package or whatever, getting get, receiving the doll and grandpa saying that doll is evil. I tell you. And they go, you said that about all the kids. He goes, I just want attention. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Homer storming in and fucking smashing Millhouse. He's trying to do pin the tail on the dog. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I love like Millhouse just getting shat on. So good. <laughs> you got the dud. So good. All right. Let's move into the, uh, the second segment here. This one is called King Homer. It's sort of a play on King Kong. And this story is told by Grandpa, um, which kicks off hilariously. Uh, where I think it's Lisa, Lisa Bart. I think it's Lisa who says like, grandpa, you've lived such an interesting life. And he just goes, that's a lie. And you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But then he goes into this. But I story. have seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically Homer is King Kong in this and, and Marge is sort of the damsel in distress. Uh, uh, they, they, they hire Marge as sort of bait to catch Homer and it works and they take him to, you know, the big city and they'd have him on display and he breaks free, uh, tries to grab Marge and climb the empire state building, but he's like too out of shape and gets winded and falls off the building after like the first story. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid like barely gag. off the ground. Solid. This one, this one actually really bothered me as a kid because yeah. um i think the joke where he eats marge's dad and she's not angry about it <laughs> really really even to this day i'm just like god that is so weird like right. cold like, oh, marge have you seen your father and it's homer just chomping and she's like oh homer like i'm like god <laughs> damn it, he just ate your father you know so this one this one always made me feel weird i think i had like a a similar reaction to the twilight ones you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. See, I, 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 I we, like, I don't agree for that reason, but I do agree. This one kind of like fell flat for me. And there's really only one highlight from this particular segment for me. Like there's some kind of funny gags that I'll maybe chuckle at, but I the only one funny, that I, but yeah, I, yeah. I, the only one I laughed at, like, like out loud was when, uh, Marge was like set to go on the, the expedition and Smither and, uh, Mr. Burns asks, says, like, Smithers, what do you think? And he, he says, I think women and semen don't mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite Burns read because he goes, eh, everybody knows what you think. Young lady. Yeah. Like, the way, like, he just like yeah. immediately just moves on. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. He didn't really want that. It was just a method of getting fucking Smithers to say the word semen. <laughs> really? Like, it was so funny. I love that. But yeah, the rest of it kind of was like, okay, chuckles maybe. Like, uh, it's, yeah. I, and, it didn't really. It just didn't really like leave a much of an impression on me. To be perfectly honest, see, this is that weird one, I guess, where it's not the Twilight Zone this time, and it, it's like this weird combination. It's the middle one. It's like going off something old, but instead of something like literary, like The Raven, it's like old, you know, King Kong movie. Um, and so it's it's like in this weird place for me where um, I don't know. It's just like. 
I like in my mind, it's like trying to be like the Raven, but it's just pretty weak in my opinion. And it doesn't even have that like weird Twilight Zone thing where it's like disturbing or anything. I just feel like it's just not very good. Um, this one, <laughs> um, like just overall, like it's fine, it's okay, but um, like in the grand scheme, this is I think this is probably gonna be my weakest segment overall today. Like I, uh, I think Matt Graney, my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Matt Groening actually said it's one of his favorites ever. I think wow. That that's Matt's a weird guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't that's know. Interesting. It's, yeah. This one, like it's just, doesn't really land from Rob. What did you think? Same. Yeah. It didn't really land for me either. It, it's, it's got a couple decent gags in it, but overall it's pretty forgettable on the grand scheme of these four episodes. Yeah. It's probably my last one. Most likely. Um, but yeah, it's all right. Um, Basically, it ends with a uh, uh, Marge and Homer getting married. That's kind of kind of where it lands. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else uh, to add on this one, Warren? Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think it's you know, I think it's really funny. Um. I mean, I think that it's you know, I agree. It is a little bit weaker. The jokes are weird. Mm-hmm. I do like the joke about the peanuts. I like how you know Barney offers him a peanut and and uh, <laughs> you know he takes the whole bag and Barney gets mad and kicks him and Homer does nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the jokes are definitely there. Um. But without the context of it being grandpa telling the mm-hmm. story, I, I think it, it would be even weirder, but it's it's fine. Yeah. All right. Maybe if they had integrated grandpa as a narrator or something, it would have been funnier. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah said some goofy shit. Yeah. Uh, let's move into the uh, the third segment on uh, episode number three here. This one's called Dial Z for Zombies, which is sort of a play on dial him for murder um it, it's uh the story itself is essentially just kind of like a zombie story uh it's a little bit of like pet cemetery thrown in there um bart is telling this story uh basically bart has to go read a book for class um he goes to the occult section of the library and finds this like book of spells and it's got like ghosts embedded in the pages and shit uh, and he tries to uh, read a spell to resurrect lisa's cat and it doesn't work instead he resurrects humans and we got zombies running all over springfield basically um and i do love in that scene He's wearing a thriller record sleeve on his head when he's like <laughs> reading the spell. I don't know. I thought that was like a, a nice touch. Um, it is funny. But yeah, that's sort of like the setup. It's really just like a, a fairly regular zombie story for the most part. It's like Evil Dead, I guess you could say a little bit of Evil Dead thrown in <laughs> yeah. there. It's, it's probably got one more of my return of the living dead because they've got sentient zombies. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> one true. of my favorite gags from this just episode, episode three or whatever. Um is where he kills zombie Flanders, yeah. which is, yeah. which is a horrifying scene where Flanders gets like taken over. He like does a real brutal like scream, like. Uh, but then he Flanders becomes a zombie, and they're like going out to the car, and he it's fucking <laughs> Homer's rolling like ash. He's got the shotgun, and he uh, he just blasts fucking Flanders away, and he's like, oh my god! Our bard's like, oh my god, Dad, you killed zombie Flanders. He's like, he was a zombie. <laughs> yeah that's an all-timer it's pretty it. good it's yeah. so it's a, funny like sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it's a great joke i mean there's the joke where he's like you know tapping on homer's head and there's like not enough brain for them to want it so and you know things like that and when homer's sitting on the couch and they're like dad and he's like oh right the zombies like i think that's a really great joke um yeah it's it's good and she's like, Homer, did you like board up the door? <laughs> it's like, oh shit. And they're just yeah, oh, right. zombies. <laughs> this is one of those weird ones. Like this is a, an odd installment for me because it doesn't, it, it has several jokes that I would call like 
like things that are like more jokes that stick with me. You know what I mean? Like the, those, some of the ones that you guys just mentioned, man fall down funny (laughs) at the end of the episode. Like I will quote that today and not even think about the Simpsons. It'll just come out of my mouth naturally because it's the natural like parlance that I've picked up over the years because of this episode of fucking Simpsons. And there's a lot of that going on this episode. That said, I don't know, like, this this particular segment itself like the plot like the story or whatever it always surprises me with the same jokes like i always feel like i forget them except for the like one or two or three that are like like i said like all timers for me like everything else like like uh um homer for like uh what was it you just said uh um homer forgetting to like nail up the door or homer being like oh right the zombies like Mm -hmm. that's hilarious but it's not one that like I just don't really think about this one as being one of the funnier ones, but it kind of is. It is pretty good. Also, I I will say this is one of those things that as a kid, it just again, we've I brought this up in probably the episode where we talked about Return of the Living Dead, where this is the first time I probably ever heard zombies saying like brains and they're like, you know, we we talked about in Return of the Living Dead, like that's kind of where that originated. But as a kid, I had no idea. I just associated zombies was saying brains because of this show so like the cultural influence this had on me and just like introducing me to the world of horror that i've now discovered being on a horror podcast and like actually watching these movies that like these spoofs are based off of it's like it's i don't know it's been like really illuminating the past few years being like holy shit from the simpsons it is a (laughs) strange thing to think about that you're like getting infusions of like all of this pop culture but you're getting it through a very specific irreverent lens it's yeah interesting to see how that like works out as you come to get acquainted with like the source materials i guess that's how like every every generation probably has something like that but the simpsons really did everyone a service and this is something i talk about on my podcast a lot like they, even if you didn't get the jokes, they were funny and they made you want to get where the jokes came from and what they meant. And I mean, there's no way that I, as a kid got jokes about Richard Nixon, but I still thought they were funny. (laughs) And so, you know, that's like, that's a thing that like is really special about the Simpsons. And I do think that, you know, the Simpsons DNA is in everything funny since 1989. So that's just, that's what it is. That's just Accept it. Accept it. Right. God damn it. When Barney <laughs> come across Barney, uh, Barney eating an arm, but he's not a zombie. And he just says, when in Rome, like that's comedy gold. Comedy. Gold. That's pretty that's great. great. It is. And that's not one that I would be able to conjure like off the top yeah. of my head ever. Um, also Homer asking about the car when Lisa and Bart run in and they're like, dad, we got to tell you something. And he goes, did you wreck the car? And they go, no. And he goes, did you raise zombies? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, but the car's okay. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right. <laughs> that's a good one. He's fine. That's a it. great joke. That's um, a great joke. So yeah, that's, that's basically uh, the, the plot of, of all three segments there. Uh, do you guys want to add anything else before we go ahead and rate episode number three? One uh, of the tombstones says American workmanship and then falls <laughs> apart as you get closer to it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. That's like the nineties. That's, that's a great one. That's a great <laughs> one. Solid. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and rate uh, episode number three. Um, Juice, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Five. This is where I was like looking back, and I was going through. I feel like uh, Clown Without Pity. I feel like it's a little switch for me. Normally, I feel like the first one so far has been like, or I don't know. Maybe I'm just comparing it to Treehouse too. This one, I. Feel feel like Clown Without Pity is my strongest one. 
Um, and then the zombie one is number two, and then Homer's number or King Kong's number three. But like, I guess the crusty one like is iconic, and especially the Froger thing and stuff. So there's like pieces of this one that like stuck with me later on in life. But overall, it doesn't leave as much of an impression. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they did have the zombie one to tie in more horror. And I guess, you know, with like Krusty kind of being tied into like child's play and, and, you know, kind of gremlins a little bit and stuff like that. Um, I get where they're coming from with the source material, but overall, I don't, I don't know. These segments aren't as like close to my heart, I guess. Um, so I think actually, oh man. But I still want to just give it a... Th- I'm going to give it a three still, which is the same as two. There's no Mr. Burns in this one, but I feel like this segment... So there's no Mr. Burns to like carry this one, but I feel like the monkey paw one was like weaker than just like the zombie and the clown without pity. So I think I'll, I'll match it with a three. All right, three from Juice. Uh, Warren, how do you feel out of five? Um, so, you know, this is one that, you know, like I said, like three times already, it's a little disjointed. I think it's got a ton of funny jokes in it. Um, I do think King Homer is the weaker of the three, but I do, I don't know. I find a lot to love about it too, as I'm wearing the King Homer shirt. Um, (laughs) so I really sound like an idiot. Um, out of the four that we're talking about, here's a spoiler. This is my least favorite. Um, so I, I gave this one a three. All right, three from Warren. Wow, all the way down to three. Wow, Randy, out of five, how you feel? Um, I'm going to echo a lot of the things these guys just said. I think so. Like the, this episode, and overall, or what, what's interesting is that there are several, like I mentioned before, jokes that are all timers, never unforgettable, top of my brain, sort of Simpsons moments. But once you sort of like get mine past those moments, it starts to kind of like fall apart. I feel like when you like rewatching the whole thing, you kind of are waiting for those moments, which is not what you want in a good Simpsons episode. A good Simpsons episode, in my opinion, just keeps you laughing, at least chuckling on various levels until you get to the big ha ha moment. And then you keep chuckling this one. I didn't chuckle as much overall, especially the King Homer segment. I just, I really like as much as I like, like, like kind of like, I like seeing the characters same way as the Raven where I like seeing the characters in those roles. But beyond that, like, like that to me is only funny on the like scary movie four level where it's like, here's a thing that you might recognize. Isn't that funny? You know what I mean? And that's not really going to cut it for me with as smart as the Simpsons can be even at this time, especially at this time, maybe. Um, So things like that, like that, that particular segment really sinks for me. Um, overall with the exception of that semen joke um i'm kind of conflicted about clown without pity and dial z for zombies they keep fluctuating my head because again there's it's that same problem of you know i love the frogert gag i love the i just want attention gag but the rest of that clown without pity segment as much as i like seeing the clown run around and like whatever like just on a visual level it's not that funny which is what i'm hoping for when i start watching the simpsons um, and then Dial Z for Zombies, like I said before, like the, what's great about that one and makes it my favorite segment of the bunch in this set in this episode is that it like somehow tricks me every time I watch it into forgetting like all these jokes. It's it's just forgettable enough to where I forget really funny parts because partially because some of the other parts in it, like Man Fall Down Funny, are so so top of my brain when it comes to Simpsons that I don't 
it, it like I never even get to those moments. So rewatching it, I get to laugh at all these things that I had just forgotten about entirely. And even though I watch, I probably watch at least watch watch all these episodes at least once every other Halloween. Um, yeah, I, I, this is. I agree with Warren. This is probably spoiler alert the 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 lowest episode for me. I I think I like was thinking it might be one as I was talking through it, but like sitting in here and talking about this one, it really does feel like this one um, is missing some of the the crucial like carrying through jokes in all of the episodes, all the segments. So that's oh, me. What's your score? Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I, it's a three. It's a three. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I already said it. Sorry. <laughs> and a three from Randy. Which this is the bomb. same as I gave one because they're kind of competing for that bottom spot a little bit for me. Yeah. Mom, right. how yeah. do you feel about episode three? I feel differently um, than uh, wow. most of y'all. This is this is my favorite one of the first three, anyways. Not, huh. not, not my favorite of all four. Uh, spoiler Whoa. alert! <laughs> yeah, there, like we're, we're really showing our cards a lot. No, you're 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 a smart <laughs> you're a smart guy. I agree. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I dig I dig this episode. Uh, I think it's pretty solid. Um, the clown without pity, I feel, is solid. It's got a lot of gags. King Homer is pretty forgettable. Um, for the most part, just because it's not super, super funny. Um, Dial Z for Zombies, I love. I think it's really, really solid. There's a lot of good gags in there. And it's just sort of like, uh, I don't know, like bare bones, like, you know, zombie jokes. I don't know, like like killing zombie Flanders is hilarious. I, like, e- even at the very end, whenever, like, all the zombies just go to get back into their graves, there's, like, two zombies trying to get into the same grave that's labeled, like, John Smith or something like that. And he's like, yeah. he's like, excuse me, sir, you're in my grave. And he's like, are you John Smith, 1888? And he's like, my fault. And, like, John's <laughs> on, you know, like, that's hilarious to me. Um, it, it is. Yeah, I really, really like that. I'm going to give this one's going to be a 3.5 for me out of five. Um, That's going to. There was one more joke that Bob reminded Mm -hmm. me of, of Mayor Quimby saying, like, of them, and now they're just rotting in the streets or whatever. (laughs) Now they're just corpses rotting in the street. That was a pretty good gag. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, Uh, I'm going to give, yeah, that's going to be a 3.5 for me. That's going to put our aggregate for episode number three at a 3.1. Um, and we got one more episode to get through. Uh, number four, again, three little segments. Uh, Homer and the Devil is number one. Then it's Terror at five and a half feet. And then number three is going to be Bart Simpson's Dracula. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, this is that good shit right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's agree. that season four shit. Yeah. Oh, season, season four, five, man. I'm sorry. Season five. Oh, yeah. Season, season five, four and yeah. five, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one's some solid shit. Again, it opens up with like, you know, uh, cruising through the cemetery with the, the tombstones. And my favorite of this is you see one that says a balanced budget on it. And then right after that, it says <laughs> subtle political satire. Like, my favorite was, was Elvis good. comma, accept it. Accept it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, the, the intro for this one is kind of different. Bart sort of like, uh, he launches into the intro himself and he's walking through sort of like a gallery full of paintings and he's introducing paintings to you for each segment. And the painting sort of relates to the segment you're about to see. Uh, are you, um, you guys aren't familiar with night gallery. I, I was going to say it's a parody of night gallery, okay. which was yeah. also, also hosted by Rod Serling. Yeah. Nice. It's Rod um, Serling's follow up to twilight zone yeah. and yeah. not as successful, but, no. but good. And uh, the wraparound segments were actually written by Conan O'Brien. 
So there you go. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I saw his name in the credits. He, like he was that. still writing on the show at the time, and uh, it was his idea to do those little wraparounds like Night Gallery. So nice. Cool. Uh, my favorite one is when they get to the dogs playing poker yeah, yeah. we had one for this one but it's too disturbing or whatever about <laughs> homer freaks out they're dogs and they're playing <laughs> poker <laughs> uh, the, fuck out. the animation of homer doing that freaking out in that moment is really really good i gotta say Great. so the, we, uh, um, yeah let's let's go ahead and get into the first one here homer and the devil Basically a Faustian story. Uh, Homer, the donuts all get eaten at work, and he freaks out, so he says he'd sell his soul for a donut. And, of course, the devil appears as Flanders, which is hilarious. Uh, sells his soul for a donut. There um, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's wow. rad. <laughs> so he, uh, Homer eats all of the donut except for one little bite, which then sort of voids the deal, and he gets to keep his soul. And he puts the little bite of the donut in his fridge. But and he then, taunts the devil. I love it. He's, he's like, I'm yeah. smarter than the devil. <laughs> he ends up, you are not smarter than the devil. He wakes Perfect. up uh, in the middle of the night for a midnight snack. He eats the rest of the f- the forbidden donut. And then, of course, his, his soul goes to the devil. And they have, like, this whole court sequence, uh, which is ridiculous. Like, the jury is all this, like, you know, r- huge rogues gallery of, like, real <laughs> villains. Like, Blackbeard yeah. and Lizzie Warden, John Dillinger and shit. Um, and, like, what, what what hockey team was it? I, like, that uh, was the, the one I never got. Flyers, I think. Philadelphia yeah, Flyers. I don't know shit about I don't know if there's, like, a reason that that was, or if it was just yeah. a hockey team or something. There, there is a reason and I, I meant to I meant to pull up the background on this and I completely forgot to. There's like a really there's like a reason that joke is very funny they're, and I forgot to put it. They're like notoriously um, brutal. Like that it, it was like it in the year nineteen ninety two. I forget what year it was, but like they were like, like nineteen seventy not- notoriously brutal. Yeah. Um the only reason I know that is because Rob Zombie was trying to direct a movie based on that team, but nobody will let him do anything oh. other than very bad horror movies. So uh, <laughs> oh, I actually would be very curious to see yeah. him direct a hockey. I, I mean, I feel like his kind of dialogue would fit in really well with a sports Probably. team locker room. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh the the episode sort of ends where like uh uh uh, Homer, it turns out Homer like pledged his soul to Marge on their wedding day, which is very sweet, which means, you know, the devil then cannot take it. Um, the devil turns his uh, uh, Homer's head into a giant donut. So there you go. Yeah. And he and, picks at it. Yeah. And the police are like waiting outside his house, like waiting for him to come <laughs> yeah. out so they can eat forever, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that why, why this one is one of my absolute favorites is there's so many good ones. Like, on the actual plate with the donut, there's like all these little notes. One says like, oh, Daddy's, I love the notes. Daddy's soul donut and all this stuff. <laughs> like that's really, really funny. But also any, any chance to have Phil Hartman uh, doing Lionel Hutz is, you know, any, anytime he's on the show, it's going to be one of my favorite moments. I, I love Phil Hartman. What, huge influence on my like sense of humor as a kid mm-hmm. crushed when he died, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, the joke of him being like, oh, well, I watched Matlock in a bar last night. The sound was off, but I think I got the gist of it. And, <laughs> you know, that was a right pretty speech, sir. But and then he gives the definition, which literally ruins his case. I just think those jokes are so amazing. And, and one thing I want to point out is after season four, a lot of the original writers uh, from the show left. Not all, but a lot of them did to go do other things. So season five was really like a changing of the guard. A lot of new writers came in. And a lot of things were changing on the show. And the fact that five is such an amazing season and that this treehouse is, you know, again, spoiler, my favorite of this lot. And one of my favorites period 
just speaks to the strength of the Simpsons. Like it really just flourished in this moment that would have killed some shows. So that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, dude, Lionel Hutz is first of all, one of the funniest characters on the show, period, like funnier than, than your favorite character, no matter who he is almost always like it's, it's like Mr. Burns and Lionel Hutz in a fucking raft together. I would watch that show. Um, You know, we got the, we got the Hutz merch, but um, like everything he does in this episode, he's so incompetent and it's so, he's so confident with his incompetence. It just really set the bar for Hutz for me. And it's this scene and then him imagining a world without lawyers. That's that's another episode entirely. But where they're like dancing and prancing in a field and he goes, after thinking about that. That's an amazing (laughs) moment. And any any just any inclusion of him is great. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think there's another like showing where the Simpsons kind of hit their stride is where they start to branch out a little bit too. This this episode keeps me laughing. Um, throughout where Randy was kind of saying it's like chuckles, but there's like really good laughs, like just that like are sprinkled throughout, but they come from so many different characters. Mm-hmm. And this is, that's kind of where the Simpsons kind of really starts to thrive is where there's so many distinct characters in this town with like distinct kind of different per- personalities that you can pull different kinds of humor from because like we just get a B of Mr. Burns, you know, we don't get much on, but he's like, Oh, who's this goat legged fellow? Like I like the cut of his chin. <laughs> like, and it's just, you're able to throw that in there. It's just one joke. It's hilarious. And then they move to Flanders and he's the devil. And then you get, you know, uh, and then you get grandpa, you get, um, the police at the end. I mean, like you're able to just jump, 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 jump to all these different characters. They get like a couple lines. They're hilarious. And they move to somebody else. And that is like brilliant writing. And it's where it really starts to shine a lot. Also just God, another, this, this, the whole episode is going to be filled with so many iconic moments, but the, 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 when he actually has to go to hell and he's like, Oh, you like donuts, do you? And he's like, uh huh. Homer's like, yeah, uh huh. And he's like, well, have all the donuts in the world. And he makes them eat. And the whole time Homer's just like, mm, mm, yeah, more, <laughs> more, totally more. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah, it's gold. I, so I wish I, I wish I could show you guys, but it's on a shelf, but they actually did make a figure of that as well. Holy Holy shit. And the and the donuts do actually go into his mouth. Like, Damn. Oh. like designed to where like the donuts go into his stomach and you can let them out of the bottom, but it's like a playset. So you do this little crank and they all go into his mouth. It was made by <laughs> McFarland. One of the best toys ever. So if you're listening to this, you should eBay it and try to find one. They're very expensive now, but it's one of the best toys ever made. That's great. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, this nice. this is I, I don't think it's like too much to, for me to say that this is the funniest segment to me out of the ones that we've watched. It's just got so like grandpa getting chased by a horde of pigeons because Lenny and Carl were chucking donuts at him for no reason. Like, like that's the, the so word, fucked up and funny. Ironic punish, ironic punishment division on its own is an amazing <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, Lionel Hutz, this chair be high says I, that's <laughs> fucking amazing. The hot dog me. They just like had him all up. And <laughs> yeah. like scoop his shoes. I mean this it's nonstop from the beginning to the end of this episode. This is- there is constant jokes and they all are like funny as shit. Like they're even like the lower ones, like the hot dog meat, like they're like funny physical gags. And then there's like, just it's all over the spectrum. Really? Normally I, 
I tend to like shy away or I, I tend to be less impressed by the segments that end on a high note, you know, like, whereas some of them will end on like a spooky note. That's what mm-hmm. I prefer, but this one kind of ends on a high note and it's still like, like my, my favorite segment because it's just so fucking funny. Every joke is not just a chuckle for me. Like, whereas in a normal episode, it's like peaks and valleys. This is like all peak. This is pinnacle Simpsons as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the second uh, segment here of the fourth episode. This one is called Terror at Five and a Half Feet, which is another sort of play on a, a Twilight Zone episode and a segment of the Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, so, yeah, it's what Terror at 40,000 feet, I think is what it's called. Some 20,000 feet. Mm-hmm. A lot of feet. I think it's uh, I think it's 20,000. It's on a plane. 20,000 yeah. feet. Yeah. It, yeah. It's on I a plane so. in, in the Twilight Zone. This one's on a, a bus. Um, so Bart, uh, he has this like nightmare of school bus uh, crashing. Um, but he, he sort of like wakes up, actually goes and gets on the bus. Um, I think like my favorite gag is where he sees principal Skinner riding on the bus at this point. And like <laughs> mother heard me talking to a woman on the phone <laughs> last night. She hid my car keys. She, she was, was right. right. To do she so. was right to do. <laughs> this is like Skinner as a I love Skinner. It. Oh man. Cooter contender, by the way. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Skinner is like the most pathetic human being alive, and I think this this episode really solidified that. I can't remember. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the whole seasons together in a long time, so I don't know how well established it is that he's that pathetic. But Jesus, it's pretty, it's pretty established. He's and by like, this point, yeah. it is. Okay. He, he is just such a wiener. Which I, you know, I, I I love Skinner so much, and I think Me he too. he leads to some of the funniest jokes on the show. Um, but I think any time that he is just like, you know, his stupidity makes the joke, which it does here. Like he just mm-hmm. refuses to listen to Bart because Bart's acting out. Um, it's, it's great. Maybe spending the rest of your natural life in an insane asylum will teach you some manners. <laughs> That's good shit. That, that is, is good. good, good I shit. will say now this is another middle segment. And just to show how fucking strong they are at this point. I love this segment. So it's a Twilight Zone segment. It's a middle segment. But this one actually like spooked me as a kid. I remember it. It stuck with me. Even like the toward the end, there's a gremlin. It like it they Bart is able to hit it with a flare and it flies off the bus, but then Flanders catches it and like takes yeah. it, but it like rips its head off. So yeah, oh, they, look at that. he's trying oh. to pull my eyes out. Yeah. So like I this this one, even though it's a Twilight Zone one, it actually kind of like scared me as a kid, or like at least stuck with me in a spooky kind of way. And I loved it. And so that's so it kind of at this point, it's able to kind of start to overcome that. This the writing and the jokes and stuff. Finally, it's like the Simpsons so shine at, through for me on this one. Well, well look at the, one, sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was gonna say this one was also uh, written by. Uh, it's it's really hard to rank my favorite writers, but Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein wrote this segment, and uh, they are sort of notorious for their scripts were rarely rewrote in the room. Like they were like they were writing partners. They usually wrote their scripts, and they were rarely changed a whole lot. They're just that funny. And uh, I think, you know, obviously it's a Treehouse of Horror segment based on a Twilight Zone episode. So it's not, you know, as comedically original or whatever. But I think that's why the Skinner jokes are so great is because that was like their favorite character to write for. <laughs> and I think that's why this one just really hits with me because, you know, and they it's the same guys that did the steamed hams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is one of the greatest things ever. And and so they wrote this segment. I think that's why the jokes are so great. Mm. Um, Dude. You know. 
And then again, has, they're able to bounce. Oh, sorry, a bounce around. But that's what I was going like to say. Get away from yeah. Skinner. Like you got the um, the foreign Uter or whatever the foreign yeah. exchange shirt. But also Willie, I've one of my favorite moments is when Bart lifts up the shade and it's like a jump scare and it's Willie and he just gets on the bus. He's like, my mule wouldn't walk in the rain. So I had to put sixteen bullets. <laughs> it's just like, what? The? <laughs> it's so. <laughs> dark but so fucking hilarious even as a kid you're like what the fuck dude my favorite little aside aside from skinner because i think that's probably takes the cake but the my funny the funniest aside for me was milton when he says thank goodness it drew attention away from my t-shirt that says wang, <laughs> wang computers <laughs> i was just about to say that yeah martin's shirt is the funniest I say, yeah martin yeah yeah milton I always oh. do that um, but Martin's shirt, the, I, I love the Wayne computers. I've actually, I, at some point, someone made that shirt and was was selling them. I nice. would love that shirt. <laughs> so good. That and like, oh, he's trying to claw my eyes out. And the fucking gremlin's face when when Flanders is hugging him, where he's just like, he just <laughs> oh, hates shit. Flanders. Like he's like, oh my god, who is this? Well, also like Otto, Flanders. Otto looking out the window with them. They're like, who's driving the bus? He's like, whoa, you know, like that's a really yeah. great joke. Um, just packed with a man. It's just nonstop jokes in this yeah, one. Yeah. It's, great. Yeah. it's so funny. Another good one is Skinner running to the back of the bus and he says, I've gotten word there's a child using his imagination and I've come to put a stop to it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a gremlin actually on the side of this bus and nobody believes Bart, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, there's something, something on the wing. You know, uh, sort of playing <laughs> on that shit, and of course, they, it comes to find out there was really a gremlin when the bus stops uh, in front of the school. Like the bus is the side of the bus is just torn to shit, but they still commit Bart anyway, just to teach him manners, I guess, which is nonsense. Um, and then Bart is taunted by the little <laughs> gremlin at the very end uh, that when the gremlin holds up uh, Flanders's severed head in the window as he's being taken away. Um, anything else you guys want to add to this one before we move right along? Mole Man was funny too. Very funny. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a great one. I'm nothing else to really say. It's just it's 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 one of my it's one of my favorites in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, solid. Fucking Mole Man. Oh my god. So uh, the the third segment in episode number four, which is the last one we're going to be talking about this show, uh, is called Bart Simpson's Dracula, which of course is a play on uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sorry, Stoker. Yeah, I'd be stroking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be stroking. Um, And yeah, this is uh, like you mentioned, uh, Juice earlier. This is like where uh, Bart introduces the painting of the dogs playing poker, which has nothing to do with the story. Uh, whatsoever but you know homer is still terrified by it which is hilarious um but uh, the actual segment itself burns is like sort of on the tv and he's promoting this blood bank that he has and there's some blood on his finger <laughs> he like licks it off real menacingly um and burns invites the simpsons family over for dinner and he lives in pennsylvania which i enjoyed a lot um <laughs> But yeah, the, did the, you all wash your necks like Mr. Burns <laughs> request? <laughs> wash your rag. <laughs> I think the best looking shot in the whole episode is when they're driving up to the house yeah. and Burns 
sort of comes in like you know the so and in, in front of the moon i think that's like i love that screenshot so much mm, mm-hmm. uh so, yeah uh, lisa spills blood on uh on bart at dinner and they kind of like sneak away to go wash up they're really just trying to like snoop around the house because they they get that like something's going on with mr burns and they find uh this like hidden vampire room which is like very clearly labeled with like neon lights and everything um and there's just shit little vampires down there um and uh, they, the family like sort of escapes narrowly from being eaten by Burns. Um, and uh, they kind of do, they do something at the end that it reminded me a little bit of uh, Lost Boys, actually, where like you think you know who the head vampire is, but you don't actually. It's sort of a, oh, yeah, the yeah. big reveal at the end who the head vampire is. And I, it like turns out it was like uh, the whole family was like vampires all along. And Marge was like the head vampire, which is kind of. I love that. Yeah. I love when she says, turn. well, I do have a life outside, outside this house, you know, which is yeah. like maybe the most mom sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And, and, and she was trying to discourage Lisa from being suspicious, so that she knew yeah. all along. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love the ending of this too. This man, uh, this so they end it with like Happy Halloween, and then immediately yeah. jump into Christmas, like yeah. immediately do a peanut spoof yeah. of doing the Christmas song, and I'm like, that is me. That is me. <laughs> Where I go like hard in the Halloween. I fucking love it. I like fucking soak up every second of it i can as soon as it's finished as soon i'm like man halloween was great jump into christmas especially <laughs> now being in korea where thanksgiving isn't really a thing it's like it is christmas yeah, you don't even have now. a stopgap. Yeah. no it's <laughs> christmas and that like man it, this resonates so well with me um i love i love that ending i do want to ride yeah. the f- super happy fun slide myself um I always wanted to since I was a child. Well, you know, I, I think the the obvious funniest joke is Homer bringing the steak to kill Burns, and you know he hits the hammer, and Lisa goes, yeah. "Dad, that's his crotch." He's like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> you know, which um, which also right. did not wake him. Which no. <laughs> did not no. even bother him. And you know his body melting, and then him coming back to say, "You're fired," and then he goes back. To, it's just that's great. It's all it's all fantastic in that. It is. Like up until this episode, um, so I was laughing earlier just thinking about like the Burns line. So like the Gravedigger one we talked about where they put Homer's brain into like the robot. But like up until that point, that's the only time that just like had me in like tears laughing. But this whole episode, every single segment, just like I can think of any moment and I can just like bust a gut. Like I could just like lose myself in this episode (laughs) and it's like so genuine i love it there's so many like fucking amazing moments throughout this it's non-stop it's like there's not a downbeat in this whole 26 minutes or however long it is it's fucking perfect i love it yeah yeah solid i have to agree uh anything else you have to add on this one warren um, I, I think this one is the most, uh, merchandised one for sure. Like, uh, they've made the donut head Homer a lot. Uh, a bunch of different toy lines have Funko just made one. Um, same with the vampire burns. He's been made, you know, by three or four different lines, um, which, um, you know, devil Flanders has been made a handful of times. Um, the ironic punishment division has been made a couple of times by different toy lines. So I, I think this is one that not only, I mean, it's fucking hilarious. So I think that's why it seems to be all of our favorites. Spoiler. Um, but at the same time, I think visually it has the things that jump out at you the most. And I think that's why 
um, in addition to the writing, it's so memorable. And I think it sticks with anyone that saw it, especially if they saw it as a kid. So right on. Yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead and rate this thing out of five real quick. Um, I'm going to go first this time. If y'all don't mind, Hey, <laughs> uh, this, I'm going to give this one a 4.5 out of five. This is the first one, uh, that we've reviewed so far that, um, all three segments like are are bangers for me. Like there isn't really a, a a dull moment in any of the three. Um, it starts strong and ends strong. And even the second segment, uh, which maybe has something to do with like this finally being a Twilight Zone riff that I get. Like I get what it's riffing on. That might have something to do with it. Um, but it's it's hilarious all the way through. All the gags are great. Um, I don't really have much negative to say about it. Honestly, um, the only reason I'm not giving it a five is because like, I, I know there are so many other trios of horror episodes that I just haven't seen. I'm trying to leave a little bit of room in case there happens to be another one that I like more, but this one is very, very solid. Um, so four and a half out of five. You, you just got to give them, you just got to give them all high scores like me. That's right. All five. <laughs> yeah. They're all, all fives. Um, uh, Randy, why don't you, why don't you go next, man? Out of five, how you feel? Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I agree pretty much wholeheartedly. This is, this is kind of the gold standard of Treehouse of Terror for me. Um, or this is like, there's just so much. It never stops being gut busting in this episode. And that's, that's ideal Simpsons for me. Um, I don't know, like the others, they're great in their own way. Obviously, I gave them reasonably high scores, all of them, even the ones that had like some clunkers in there. This one just doesn't have that. It's just so tightly funny that it's impossible to really be too critical of it, I feel like. Um, I'm going to not hold that restraint that Rob gave this one, and I'm going to give it a five because oh. I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm racking my brain here, and I have the worst memory in the world, and I haven't seen all of the Treehouse episodes, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this this is going to rank at the top of my top of my Treehouse of Terror list. It, this is number five. This is five out of five for me. All right, cool. Uh, Juice, what about you? Um, yeah, there, there are ones that like were coming to my brain that, um, I was wanting to watch and I hope we kind of now keep this tradition up each year. Um, because there's so many more good ones that they came to my brain and I, and like, maybe there's an episode where each segment is just as good or maybe even better, but this one's still, like I said, I couldn't think of a down moment for this. It hits on all cylinders, even the wraparound. Like we talk about just regular horror anthologies. It was a brilliant move. Like Conan O'Brien killed it with like the idea of the gallery and stuff. It just made it more like connected and like made it feel more cohesive. And, um, Every single one is fantastic. I they're all classics. They all stick in my mind. Um, and yeah, this is a five, five for me. All right, five from Juice Warren. Uh, how do you feel? I think I might know. <laughs> well, you know now, now I now I realize how you know just how critically you guys rate these. But I want to say, uh, you know, I gave one a five just because it's number one. I almost gave it a four. Number two, I just fucking love. So I gave it a five. I did give it three. So don't, you know, come on. But uh, <laughs> no, this one, you know, I, this is one of my favorite Treehouse of Horrors of all time. Um, I think everyone is super memorable. They're all super funny. They all, you know, support each other in some weird way, even though they're not connected just because of the gallery wraparounds. They all feel, I don't know, something feels really good and, and figured out about this episode. I've always felt that way. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid, strong five for me. I love, fucking love this episode. 
All right. Solid five. So we got a, damn, three fives and a 4.5. From some asshole. Some (laughs) dick that doesn't know what he's doing. That's going to put our aggregate here at a 4.9. That's impressive. That's pretty high. All right. Pretty Uh, high. So I I think my, I think my list is going to be correct. We'll see. I think so. (laughs) Uh, The correct way. Just to, uh, to recap our scores real quick, we're going to run down um, our, our sort of like personal, our individual rankings uh, real quick of like, you know, one through four, what we like best to worst. Um, uh, Warren, do you want to kick us off with that, man? Sure. Um, So, uh, you know, I went four, is the best one out of these. Um, I went that two is the second best. One is the third best and bringing up the end. Number three, all great episodes. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think you see a lot of things were learned by three. Mm. And I think that they, I think the next couple, I will say also that n- n- my favorite one is not in this, uh, out of these four, like I mentioned before. Um, and I can either spoil that, or I'll just have to force you guys to do a, a four through. We'll just have to do a five through eight. Right. Next year, yeah. baby. Right now. On the books. <laughs> <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hold, hold on to that, man. I think I think we might have to do this again next year, and maybe we'll find out what your favorite is. Sweet. Uh, uh, Randy, what about you? Run them down. I mean, that, he, he nailed it. <laughs> That was what I have written down is four, two, one, three. I will say that like, you know, I, I had different highs and different lows, I think, but um, for one and three, that was kind of a toss up for me. Um, while I do respect, you know, being the first out of the, out of the, out of the, out of the gate. I mean, it's a Halloween episode in a network television sitcom. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're, they were, you know, breaking foundations just with that idea purely, but they did have, they, and they did need time to find their footing if they're going to, as a recurring sort of thing that they're doing. Um, but yeah, so I just go back and forth on that. So it could tomorrow just as easily be four, two, three, one for me, but I think four, two, one, three is, is perfectly reasonable. And that's certainly how I'm feeling today after we talked about it. Four is just untouchable. I don't think we're going to have a lot of divergence from that opinion mm-hmm. as it being the best. It doesn't sound like it. Um, and two, like two, I just had uh, enough of um, enough uniqueness and enough like fleshing out of some of the details of that first episode or some of the some of the inner workings of that that make it really work on a on a higher level. And it none of the none of the segments are disposable, and that's kind of the thing that brought down one and f- uh, three for me was that there was at least one segment that I was like you know, I could do without it, you know, like as much as, you know, it might have some good moments or one good line or two good lines or whatever. It's just, you know, I don't need to watch that the way that I need to watch uh, this Faust drama play out between Homer and Flanders. Like Mm -hmm. I need to watch the hat. So yeah. Four, two, one, three. All right. Uh, Juice. What about you? I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Mine's going to be four, one, two, three. Um, So close. All but right. I'm gonna switch one and two. Four, one, two, three. Wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two. I just the monkey paw. I feel like it just wasn't strong enough. I mean, fucking uh, Burns is is a banger for sure. But um, the monkey paw just kind of fell flat, and I don't like Twilight Zone. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, Bob. Yo. What are your rankings? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. 
Um, <laughs> mine is going to be uh, sort of in exact reverse order. It's uh, four is my number one, three is my number two, two is my number three, and Bob. one is my number four. Bob, no. Wow. Bob, no. No. Yes. Bob, yes. no. Yes. Matt does not agree yes. with you, Bob. Mm. Mm, apparently not. And neither does Randy, apparently. Mm-mm. 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 Randy's getting Mm-mm. fart sniffy Mm-mm. over there. It sounds Mm-mm. like. <laughs> it was well, a marriage to the beast. Sounds like he likes his own brew better than yours, Bob. I yeah, know he does. So that <laughs> My brew is superior. Running running down those four episodes certainly took longer than I had anticipated. Uh, how do you guys think about uh, uh, just basically running through some voicemails and then calling it? Because I know we all have other things that we need to attend to. 